the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. It's Rob Black focusing on wealth. Wealth creation. It's kind of what I do. It's a little bit different. We talk about how to make money on Wall Street, and I hate that because that automatically starts sounding like a side hustle. I want you to use Wall Street as a supplemental retirement plan, maybe as a kid's college plan, maybe as a supplement for Social Security to help retirement, maybe as a leave money to your kid's uh, future inheritance kind of thing. That's what I talk about when I talk about wealth creation. I'm not just saying, let's, let's make lots of money so we can all drive Teslas and BMWs. Like it's, That's not the goal. kind of wish it was because it sounds a lot more dubious, but I'm not all that dubious. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Jobless claims fell slightly last week. Every Thursday, one of the things that I know is going to be laying down on Wall Street is the number of first-time unemployment jobless claims. This is important. Are we creating jobs or are we deleting jobs? We kind of apply for capitalism when we look at the stock market. Capitalism wants a healthy economy, not necessarily supported by government action and government paychecks. Wall Street and capitalism want the private sector to do the heavy lifting. So at times of duress, at times of distress, one of the very first things that I want to start seeing move in the right direction is first-time unemployment claims. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be where I want it to be. It needs to be moving in that direction. That creates an environment where you can succeed as an investor. Something happened at the beginning of the year where the 10-year treasury started moving higher. So it's sitting at 60 basis points. It went to 70 basis points. It's sitting at 70 basis points. It went to 80 basis points. 80 points became 90. 90 became 100. That's 1% to you and me. And then 1% becomes 1.1. And then 1.1 becomes 1.11. So it's moving. It's trending higher. That is a negative for me. Yet it is still considered positive anywhere under 3%. I used to say three and a half to 4%, but I'm going to give it a little bit more wiggle room. 
because I don't want to paint the picture of panic, panic, get out now. But as the 10-year Treasury moves to 3%, 3.5%, I'm going to say, hey, we've had a great run in the S&P 500. Maybe we want to start banking some cash and bonds. I don't know what game show you like. Maybe it's card sharks where you're able to bank money but keep betting money. I'm not quite sure how you see it. But that's the general general idea, in my opinion, is you kind of want to see the 10-year treasury under 3%, but it's moving in the wrong direction right now from half to one. And then you also want to see the new first-time unemployment claims moving under 350,000. I'll take under 400,000 right now. And right now we're at 900,000. And as the pandemic played out in 2020, we got that number from 1.1 million all the way down to 700,000. Then at 700,000, we're like, stop. We need to move higher. There's not enough business activity. Capitalism is pretty good. Your boss, he'll sit there, crunch the calculator, and he'll go, you know what? We're adding 10 new people at the restaurant a week now. We need two more servers. Maybe you work at a museum. We're adding 200 more people walking around. We need people in the gift shop. So they tend to hire people when people when business is there. They tend to let go of people when people are standing around doing nothing. And right now, we're at 900,000. Again, we were expecting 935, but we don't look at one week. We, we kind of blend them together. Um, data wise, that that's a little bit more important. It could be last week that GM fired a lot of people. It could have been that, you know, Tesla had a Christmas party and, and rock and rolled it and half the staff came in drunk and were let go. It didn't happen, but you don't look at data on a one week basis. You tend to try to look at it on a month. If it comes out monthly, you try to look at it on a three month basis. If it comes out weekly, you kind of look at it on a, a four to six week basis. And right now, those numbers are going the wrong way. Ten-year treasury is going the wrong way. And yet, I could say something that's almost stupid. Stocks usually go up. All three major stock indices closed at record highs yesterday. All three of them. If you bet on the S&P 500, the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30, the NASDAQ uh, 100, Depending on what you bet on, all major indices were at an all-time high yesterday in the United States. Stocks have tended to perform better under Democratic presidents and Republican presidents. On average, the S&P 500 has risen 10.4% per year when a Democrat occupies the White House versus an average of 6.6% during the years in which a Republican is the sitting president. That sounds to me like you're going to beat real estate with a Democrat in office by almost double. And it sounds like you're going to beat real estate by about two percentage points if a Republican's in. But then it gets kind of weird. So Democrat president and Congress in the last 70 years gone up an average 9.8%. So that's where we are now. If you had a Republican president and a Republican Congress, it goes up about 12.9%. Think of um, Reagan era. If you had a Democrat president and a Republican Congress, like it gets kind of mousy, right? 
the one you don't want is a Republican president and Democrat Congress. So in theory, if Trump had won, but the Congress did go towards the Democrats, we would only be up 4.9%. So the best numbers are with Democrats as president. There's no, there's no bad number there. 9.8%, 13%, 13.6%. So Democrat Congress, Democrat president, 9.8%. Democrat president, Republican Congress up 13% on average. Democrat president, House split up 13.6%. So I would say we have history on our side right now. And yet we have the first time unemployment claims going against us. And we have the 10-year treasury slightly moving in the wrong direction, but it's going against it's going towards a number we don't want it to go to. But it's a long way from that. And the Federal Reserve said, we're not going to raise interest rates probably until 2023 unless something really dramatic happens. So I'm telling you, the environment's healthy and good. It's cook. And if we're cooking stocks, it's like everything's prepped and ready. Now, the best way plants of mice and men, right? We don't know what the curveball is going to be. Will it be clashes of the races in the United States? Will it be uh, Russian invading a country just to test what, see what Biden's up to? I don't know. It's cur- Those are curveballs, right? I'm Rob Black. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I'm Rob Black. Tesla just got a price bump. Analyst jumped his price target to $1,036 a share, up from $486. We already know it's one of the top 10 most expensive companies in the world. And when you have an analyst up his price target by over double, it's telling you, whoa, I got it wrong. I got it way wrong. Shares are up 20% year to date. Now, on one hand, you're like, well, that sounds like a normal, that's a pretty good year. On the other hand, it's still January. Colin Roche. Increased price target for Tesla to 1,036 from 486. It's the stock's first 1,000 plus price target after its recent five for one stock split. Roush has had a buy rating on the stock Tesla since 2018. That's important to note, and he is leading the pack, moving the valuation higher today. So that would be a 113% boost. Whoa. It would value Tesla at roughly $1 trillion. $1 trillion is about $550 billion more than two Toyota companies are worth. Toyota is the second most valuable car company in the world with a market capitalization of about $200 billion. Now, I've just said glorious things, and I basically said one analyst said you still have time to get in and do relatively well. When you take a look at the electric vehicle penetration market in the United States, and I don't know, you have a crowded road. 
uh, that you could walk down tonight and count the cars that are parked on the side and go, Tesla, Toyota, Toyota, Ford, GM, Volvo, BMW, Tesla. See how what percentage there are. It, it shouldn't be that high. And you go electric vehicles in the next 5, 10, 15 years. If people are going to buy one, what are they going to buy? And you take a look at what's out there right now, and you're like, eh, oh, oh. I would say the biggest negative Tesla has working against it right now, speaking about creating wealth, might be the CEO, Elon Musk. Some people just don't like him. He may be appearing brash. My dad would have hated him. My dad's been dead for 25 plus years. But the dad that I used to know, the 1980s dad, would have thought of him as a pot-smoking wackadoodle. Shows you how times have changed. Pot smoking is a little bit more accepted today than it was back in the 80s and 90s. So anyway, I throw that out there, but now watch what I do. It's kind of magical. Tesla won't always be a market leader. They're rapidly catching Apple. Apple had to catch Microsoft. Microsoft at one point in time had to catch ExxonMobil. In the world of general technology, digital equipment, caught IBM. IBM was the leader. Digital equipment caught them. Digital equipment got caught by Compaq and Dell. Compaq and Dell got caught by Sony. Sony got caught by Apple. Like You can kind of see how the crown has been passed on. You probably remember a Nokia flip phone that was so much better than the Motorola cell phones. And then somehow Nokia dropped the ball, shame on them, to BlackBerry. And then BlackBerry got caught by Apple. BlackBerry didn't have to get caught. They could have pumped a lot of the revenue that they were getting into R&D and done the same thing that Steve Jobs and Apple did and said, hey, let's make an iPod that, that stores our music that's really cool. And once they did that, they looked at it and said, hey, that could be a phone. A phone with music on it and a phone with like photos? And down goes Nokia. It's as if Ali just hit Fraser. There was no looking back. But will Apple eventually be caught? They will, in my opinion. It may be a, a bungled CEO transition. It may be Apple tries to get into flip phones a little bit too soon. Not flip phones, but foldable phones. One of the very, very first... And it shows you how bad Microsoft was at this point in time in 2000, 2001, 2002. One of the very first smartphones was a clamshell design. You know clamshell, right? So it open up kind of like you'd have to, there was a pearl in the middle and that pearl would be the screen. So it was a clamshell model and it was made by a company called Danger. I dated someone who worked at Danger and I got it. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, she was doing tech support or not tech support, but she was keeping it technically the, the technology online at night. And if you go look up the danger uh, phone on YouTube, you can see it was pretty cool. It had like a scroll wheel where you can go from email to the internet to like a uh, address book. It's pretty simple. I think it had a monochrome screen that got replaced with a color screen at one point. 
and they were in Palo Alto. They were on a, a like fourth floor, pretty cool little building. And what she did was she just basically made sure that the IP addresses stayed around at night or something like that. That's where my technical skills get really kind of funky. But she babysat the network that it sat on. And it was a company called Danger. And Microsoft buys Danger and basically shuts them down because Microsoft didn't get the cell phone. Microsoft didn't get the patents needed. Microsoft didn't understand that the cell phone was going to become a handheld computer. And if you go look up Microsoft CEO Balmer during that period of time and say, uh, just Google YouTube Balmer critical of Apple. He said some things that were flat out. He's like, oh, I, I see the iPhone lasting maybe a year. It's just a fad. He said a lot of stupid stuff. So again, do I see these great companies? Yes. Do I see them also ultimately fail? I do. And sometimes it's by their own doing. Microsoft had a chance to have the operating system for phones, and they blew it. There was also a company back uh, in 2000 called Phone.com, and they had a lot of the patents on cell phones. They eventually sell to software.com or so it just became a, a, a bungled mess. And Apple's like, we see what you're doing well. We see what you're doing awful. We see what you're doing great. And we're going to do it with style or what's perceived as style. Some people don't like the Apple industrial imaging iconic as it, it may be. Some people don't like it. Do you have a screen that goes to the edge? Do you have a screen that goes over the edge? Do you have a screen that stops before the edge? Do you have a big bezel? Do you have a small bezel? Do you have a phone that can withstand a drop or do you not have a phone with the leg? Everyone's going to have an opinion. So anyway, this segment all about market leaders do give up. They do get tired and they do get caught. I started with Tesla. I'm stoked for Tesla, especially if you own it. I'm stoked for you. I owned it in an S&P 500 fund. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black. Focusing on creating wealth. Trying to get you to retirement. It's the goal. Wealth creation it doesn't sound, how shall we say, all that noble at times when we're boiling it down to something as simple as creating wealth. Used Peloton bikes are selling within hours, and the lack of inventory reportedly caused the company to wait to roll out its resale marketplace. What, what, what? This is the fear on big purchases, and this is the thing America gets completely wrong. We tend to rush in and buy something we don't absolutely positively have to have. We get tired of it, then it goes to the garage. Used Peloton bikes are selling online within hours for nearly full price. Peloton has reportedly delayed its own pre-owned marketplace because there's just not enough inventory. In September, CEO of Peloton, big stay-at-home winner, big pandemic winner, Oddly enough, that December of 2019, when COVID-19 was percolating its, its viral intensity in Wuhan, China, out of nowhere, 
we got hit with a Christmas commercial in 2019 of a good-looking mom who's got kids. And let me just say this one more time. She was fit, maybe 26 years old, and somehow she's got two little puppy children. A husband who looks like a smug attorney. He comes home at Christmas time and gives his wife what? A vacuum cleaner? No. A Peloton. And she's like, yes, honey, I'm going to go put it in front of the TV. And while you're at work every day making a living for our family, I'm going to get in shape because I kicked two puppies out and I need to get. And she's in gorgeous shape. It just was a little bit toned deaf on like, eh, maybe you could have used a model that wasn't perfect. Which is kind of interesting because Ben Affleck hired her as the gin spokesperson. Or his tequila spokesperson, whatever the crap alcohol he's selling, right? Because she she couldn't work after that. Everyone thought of her as the skinny hot mom who needed to ride a bicycle because her husband kind of said, "You look good. You need to look better." And it did. So Ben Affleck, like, there's little stories here. But back to the real story. Peloton mentioned plans to eventually start a certified pre-owned program. And possibly even a rental program. So Peloton has done a pretty smart thing. Yes, they had a a great genesis. At a time of COVID-19, everything came together. They were recently IPO'd. There's a fitness trend in the United States. There's Let's get everything with a touchscreen in it. Because if it doesn't have a touchscreen, it's not 21st century. Your refrigerator needs it. Your dining room table is going to need it. Your uh, plates are going to need it. Hockey pucks are going to need it. Everything's going to need to be digitized, including bicycles. So the huge demand, and again, the Peloton is the Apple of exercise equipment. What Apple is to cell phones, you don't need a $1,200 cell phone. I'm pretty darn sure all things considered, you could get by with a $600 cell phone. I know you're saying, no, 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 no. You don't know me. I play solitaire. You know, there's things called deck of cards. <laughs> Just throw it out there for you. Lack of used bikes is reportedly holding the program back. You could sell your bike on Craigslist or eBay and get a pretty hefty portion of your original purchase back now. Uh, the ability to sell exercise classes with or without a Peloton was smart by Peloton. Getting into the resale value of a pre-owned certified is very, very smart. Um, so uh, renting them for a month or two months is genius smart for someone like me who fears getting one and then just leaving it in the garage after a couple weeks. So Peloton is experiencing issues delivering orders of new bikes and treadmills. All things considered, this is a very good problem to have. Could have they have handled it better? Yes. Did they handle it poorly? Not exactly, but not exactly great either. So that's a worthy story, in my opinion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, you know, Netflix reported earnings earlier in the week, and they were stellar, and the stock moved up. And I was talking to Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com, and I said, are you surprised that a company this big could still move that fast, that quickly, at a spurt 13%? And he goes, no, 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 not really. I was. <clears throat> Again, he and I probably see things more like-to-like than unlike. 
But one of the things that I found very, very interesting, very compelling was Netflix crossed $200 million, not $200 million, $200 million subscriber mark. Thanks to a strong fourth quarter in 2020. What's going to be interesting is, and I, I brought this up earlier this week, is the word churn, C-H-U-R-N. That's what means something super important to Netflix. For a corporate software, enterprise software company, day sales outstanding. For a Peloton, how long does it take to manufacture and deliver a bike? What's the demand times? You don't want demand times at zero. You don't want demand times at three months. Same thing with real estate, your home. Or do you want to buy a home, you and your sugar booger? You're getting a little bit older. She was good to you during COVID. You were good to her during COVID. You really found that you could make it work. You kind of like the same TV shows, although you're sneaking some zombie shows in the middle of the night. So you decide you want to settle down with sugar booger. You make the big mistake of buying a diamond instead of cubic zirconium. But then you, you further push the question. And you go, do you want to make babies and have a family? And she goes, sure, but we're going to have to buy a house because I ain't raising no baby in a condo. So you're like, okay, let's go buy a house. And you're like, the best time to buy a house? When there's 10 months, 12 months of inventory. When there's so much inventory that everyone's selling their house and it's all sitting around with four sell signs on the yard and no one wants it. Also known as Detroit or Cleveland. <laughs> Sorry, Detroit and Cleveland, but you are the armpit of America. Kidding, kidding. For those from Detroit, I love you. You're tough. You're classy. For those of you in Cleveland, you had a river that caught on fire once. What's, what's wrong with you? Rivers shouldn't catch on fires. They shouldn't be that polluted. But I digress. So you and your sugar booger decide to buy a house. Supply is super important. So the whole segment, I'm talking about Peloton supply. Now I'm talking about supply of homes. When they're at 9, 10, 11, 12 months, every seller wants to get out of that because they probably have a mortgage payment. Or they probably have a dream of, I'm going to sell this house and go buy a house in the Mississippi. I'm going to become a riverboat gambler. Okay, probably not a lot of people have that dream, but maybe some do. So they want to sell one property and move to another property. And the longer first property sits on the market, the more they're like, I just we, we need to slash the prices. We need another real estate agent. It's maybe not their fault. Maybe it's that there's 10 months of inventory sitting around your neighborhood and everyone can cherry pick. And your decision not to upgrade your kitchen has come back to haunt you. Now, when there's two months of inventory, sellers do weird stuff. They're like, I'm going to take it off the market. I'm going to put it back on the market next year. I'm going to let prices get bid up this year. And then uh, price per square foot is what kind of determines what your home's going to go for when inventory is really, really lean. I've got a teardown. I don't even know what my house is worth because... I've got probably the smallest house on jumbo-sized house block. So my square footage is going to be much smaller than my neighbors. They're going to be at Cup Rocket at 2,500. I'm going to be at the 1,600 area. Um, so I kind of want it to be on the lot size because I have one of the biggest lots. <laughs> kind of picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, sadly, it's kind of a blend of the two. But that's neither here nor there. It's it's supply and demand. Same thing with, with Peloton. 
I think Peloton's an interesting story today because of that. United Airlines is in the news today. They lost $7 billion in 2020. Now, that makes me a little bit nervous, a little bit cray-cray. They burned through $30 million a day in the fourth quarter. It says 2021 will be a transition year as it prepares for its recovery. From talking with my doctor last Friday, I said, how fast do you think we go back? Like, will I ever see your teeth again? I don't think you'll ever see my teeth again. And I'm like, so you really don't think I'm ever going to come to a hospital where doctors aren't wearing masks? They're like, I, that one may stick. So when do we go back to normal? In some cases, maybe never. Now, in the case of airlines, maybe 2022 is what United Airlines said. 2021 is a transition year. So they got to go from losing $33 million a day to losing $30 million to $15 million to $10 million to $5 million to zero to making money. As an investor, when do you want to invest? The answer is now. I don't like the airlines in good economies. I don't invest in airlines just because it's a bad economy for them. Now, I'm leaving money on the table. I believe in my heart the airlines will recover. And I believe that waiting until 2022 or 2023 is not a long time. But this all comes down to you and your comfort levels. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for Rob Black. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, I'm Rob Black. (laughs) I don't know why I just did that. so funny um i'm focusing on creating wealth and one of the things that i get a lot of email questions about and it kind of drives me violently insane and i I don't think it used to it just has become that way because I, i get the feeling people continue to fight the power now i know you're saying isn't that a black american anthem for going against the police I don't know, and I don't care. I'm, I'm not socially or to your justice moral conscious. Not going to happen. What I am is you're conscious for getting you to retirement. I get a lot of emails from you people who are like, I want to own the next Tesla, but I don't want to own Tesla. I want to own the next Apple, but I don't want to own Apple. I think the stock market's going down. Do you think I should sell now? With as much money as the Democrats and Republicans have been spending in the last few years to fight COVID, do you think I should sell now? I'm like, have you looked at a history of the stock market? The only regret I have is that I wasn't born in 1900 to start putting money in the stock market. The only regret I have is I didn't start investing when I was two. The only regret I have, I would have regrets if I sold. I'm not saying mark stocks don't go down. They usually go down 10 to 15% every freaking freaking year. Every year. There's a selling situation, a buying opportunity, depending on how you're looking at it. But I keep coming up with my guiding principle. 
stocks tend to go up. They do it in Republicans. They do it with Democrats. They do it with wars like civil wars and uh, 1812 wars and war ones, which was kind of a crazy war because we weren't quite technologically war ready. But then again, we weren't really war ready at the Alamo. World War II comes and goes. Vietnam, Korea. Remember Korea? It's the Forgotten War. The only reason we remember the Korean War in the United States is MASH. I'm pretty sure of that. If it didn't happen on TV, it didn't happen. I know you're saying, are you a Korean War denialist? No, don't, don't say that. I'm not saying that. But the markets tend to go up in wars through pandemics. The markets tend to go up if, if Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl. Do you know what I said 20 years ago? Whenever Tom Brady was playing in the Super Bowl, please, dear God, don't win. Because historically, the stock market goes down when an AFC team wins the Super Bowl that year. It's one of the dumbest, dumbest, dumbest of all time metrics. But stocks tend to go up. So Brady's won, what, six times? And stocks went up. Like, it's okay to be a denier, but not of the stock market. I don't want to get into the whole Mel Gibson tragedy of what he denies or doesn't deny. It's none of my business. It's not me to judge. But stocks tend to go, it's a guiding principle. If you invest, stocks tend to go up over time. Doesn't mean they always go up. Market history is very clear. Markets can handle anything, anything. 9-11, Mark's like, nothing but a thing. Are you kidding me? Paul Pot kills millions and millions and millions of his own people. Stock markets worldwide hit record highs. Adolf Hitler, his relationship with the Jews was very, very tragic. To say the least, market goes higher. Nagasaki, Hiroshima. $150 oil. Oil, it's so oversupplied that it was free in 2020. You could get oil for free if you were able to store it. They gave it to you. It does them no good sitting in docks. It does them no good sitting in boats. So the market tends to move higher in Republicans and Democrats. It's one of the guiding principles of this show. Don't fight the market. And I started the segment by telling you I get emails. And I assure you, it's true. I do get emails. And the ones that are the most difficult to answer are the ones that I have to hurt people's feelings. I'm thinking about selling Apple and buying Tesla. That tells me that, okay, you don't have enough money to hold both. Or if you've done well at Apple, sell half of it, keep the original investment, and put the other half, the winnings, into Tesla. Come up with better that I'm selling A to buy B. Come up with better to think, say, like, A did its job, and, and now I feel like it's a tired old company. That's better than saying I want to sell A to buy B. 
or their product sucks or their CEO, I don't trust them. But when you just hop frog from lily pad to lily pad, I have no respect for you. My first wife was a lily pad jumper. It lasted under a year, which is a blessing. It's also a curse because you feel like a failure. So, but with that being said, I know you're saying, how did it last under a year? That has to be the shortage marriage I've ever heard other than like wackadoodles that go to Vegas when they're all stoned and high. I, 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 I wasn't stoned or high, but it lasted under a year. And if you ever see me in public, in person, uh, I will tell you the story of how it lasted under a year because it's shockingly quick and refreshing. It's kind of PG-13, so I got to wait till like an evening show, an evening rebroadcast of Rub Black and Your Money after 9 p.m. Anyway, stocks usually going up, usually go up in Republicans and Democrats. Stop being the person who wants to be the Karnak the Magnificent. Stop trying to market time. I don't know one market timer worth a million dollars. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more.